Hello everyone, this is Hervé Aniglo, and welcome to episode 3 of the Nesby Region 3 Powerhouse Podcast. Today my guest is Dominic Sanders. Introduce yourself, Dominic. Hello everyone, this is Dominic Sanders. So, um, currently I live in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I teach um, computer science as well as director of partnerships at a, um, a fairly new charter school here in the city, um, Gateway University. So it's a, a computer science and IT-focused um, school. So by the time the students graduate, all students will either have an industry um, certification or um, they will have some college credits under their belt. Wow, that is awesome. Keep up the great work. Tell us more about your educational background. Yeah, so I um, grew up in St. Louis. Um, then I ended up um, going to Jackson State. And then from there uh, at Jackson State, um, I majored in um, computer science, so I have a um, bachelor's in computer science, and I have a, a master's in education. Okay, cool. Ever since I first met you, you know, I could tell that you are very involved and passionate with Nesby. So tell us, how did, how did you get involved with Nesby? Yeah, so um, this is actually, um, as you would say, this is my, uh, my coming of age. Um, year in Nesby, so this is my um, 18th um, year in Nesby. So I started um, in Nesby as a Nesby junior student. Um, I was a part of the uh, St. Louis Gateway chapter. It's a lot um, stronger now than when I was in there. Um, so that was uh, many years ago. And then um, since then, I've just uh, kept going um, in Nesby. So what made you choose computer science as a major, and what made you decide to pursue Jackson State University as a place to receive your bachelor's degree? I um, actually has a uh, computer science background, and um, not only does my dad have a computer science background, but um, I knew I wanted to go kind of far away for college, but I didn't really know uh, where exactly. So actually in the uh, St. Louis Gateway um, chapter, it was uh, one of the mentors. Her name was um, Tashina Robinson, and she went to Morgan State, and she was always just um, talking about, like, Morgan State and how wonderful it was just going to an HBCU and just um, just having that HBCU experience and telling us, like, there was nothing like it. And then um, when it was time for me to go to college, I knew I didn't want to go that far because that's on the East Coast of then. Um, I decided to um, go to Jackson State, um, and I got in, and then um, the first, I guess the first semester was just, just a little different, but then uh, one thing that I really liked, especially about the computer science department, uh, when I was there, we actually had seven African-American um, professors in our um, department, so that was like a big deal to me as well. Okay. So with the knowledge that you have now, if you had the ability to go back in time during your college years and do things differently, what would you do? Um, so I pretty much, um, I feel like I enjoyed uh, my college experience. Uh, I really don't have any regrets. I really enjoyed my time at um, Jackson State. Uh, it, was HBC, it is HBCU. Um, it's in Jackson, Mississippi. As you all know, Mississippi is kind of, when you think about um, education, um, it's towards the, um, towards the bottom, but I really enjoyed the time there. Um, Jackson State University has a beautiful campus. It's a very urban campus, um, so it was 
a very like humbling experience, but it also taught me like um, the art of hustling and just like working hard to get everything um, that I want in life. Okay. How did you get into teaching? At Dex State, I was actually um, tutoring a lot. And then um, my previous tell me that I was able to um, break down various um, concepts better than others. So um, I kind of kind of just like fell into it. So then like even one day I was at um, church and our pastor was talking about like, like finding your purpose and you know you found your purpose when like you keep doing other things and then somehow you always end up going back. Um, like down that road so, so that's the way I kind of fell into teaching and then um, eventually I did want to become a college professor but I wanted to make sure that I kind of I kind of understood like the whole education um, sector as a whole before I moved up into the uh, college level are you going to pursue your PhD in the future yeah so I'm actually um, applying for a couple of schools now so hopefully um I'll be able to start um, in the fall. Um, so for me, it's all about um, it's all about your preference and figuring out like what where is your um, what is your career path and where do you see yourself like in the next five years, ten years. So every time I go home, uh, my dad actually made me and my brother um, come up with like a five year plan and ten year plan. So we kind of always have to. Every time we go home, we usually always have to revisit it. So then just kind of re- remembering, like, where you want to go and then, uh, like, making sure you're, that you're doing the actual steps on um, getting there. So I would say, I mean, it's up to you. A, a PhD um, is not for everybody. Like I said, I knew that I always wanted to be a professor. So in order to be a professor, I got to take it up a notch, go to the next level, so... So, how did you first get involved with the Nesby Region 3 Professionals Executive Board? Yeah, so even um, before the uh, Region 3 Professionals um, Board, when I was on the Region 3 um, Executive Board, so the RAC Board, um, before then, this happened in my time at Jackson State, so I would always like go to the different um, Nesby meetings, and then would always do like check out and then they would never would ever never anyone like from Mississippi or going to a school you know in Mississippi um, on any of the boards or we always had like so that was like one of my goals to pretty much come in and kind of change the status quo so then I ran uh, to be on the REB the regional executive board um, I won that election and then the second term and then from I um, went on to the uh, Regional Professional Executive Board uh, for two terms, and that was important for me because at that time I had just graduated, so I always wanted to show that um, there are some young professionals that uh, don't leave NSD when they graduate and still um, actively involved, and I still have a leadership position as well. Okay. What motivated you to run for the national PCI chair of NSBE? So, um, after my year, so when I always ran for um, office, I always saw myself 
um, run, being in that position for two years. So I wouldn't really tell everybody that, but I already knew that in the back of my head that that was one of my goals. So like that's how I was on the um, RAB for two years and then being on the Region 3 professional board uh, for two years. And then after that, after my two years was up, I was like, um, what's next? So like I was telling you, I think there was to was to go up. So I decided um, to run for the uh, professional executive board of PCI at first. Um, I felt like that uh, my skills and abilities uh, would be a great fit uh, for that role. So then I decided to uh, run that role last year at National Convention and then selected that position. What do you like about teaching? Um, that's a good question. Um, so, for me, it's just always about um, giving back, um, being that um, role model that a lot of the kids don't have, um, being that positive African-American um, male figure that a lot of them don't have. And then, like, I mean, having that um, computer science um, background, I guess that kind of helps because when you think about, like, just the education sector, there's not um, a lot of African-American men that um, do teach. And then when you throw in that I have an engineering degree, it's even smaller. But just um, showing that uh, we all don't have to be the rappers, um, basketball players to have a successful um, life. So that's pretty much my motivation. And also, like the um, quote by uh, Malcolm X, it says that um, education is a passport to the future for tomorrow. Uh, belongs uh, to those who prepare for it today. So that's another thing that I live by, and I'm always um, feeling that um, in the kids at the school, and then also when I'm going to different events, letting them know that, hey, the future is bright, so you just got to um, push through, and it'll be rewarding at the end. That's really inspirational. So growing up, did you have any role models? Um, I had a... I had a lot. Um, so, yeah, I guess I can start with my dad. So, uh, my dad um, has a computer science degree. Um, so, I always used to um, look up to him. Uh, my mom is in the uh, STEM field as well. Um, I have an older brother. Um, I look up to, but a lot of my um, a lot of my mentors, like people that I looked up to, were like uh, the people that were. Um, in Nesby, so I just going to the conferences, but it's always for me, like a life changing experience and just like uh, very impactful just to see all of the people that look like me that were um, striving for excellence and doing like all these amazing things. And then by me being in the St. Louis, um, St. Louis um, Nesby Junior chapter, just the different um, mentors and guest speakers that came in and talked to us, talked to us all of those um, people were very uh, influential. Um, in my life. So I have a lot of um, individuals and then even that still um, continue on when I got to Jackson State, just like, like I said earlier, having all of those African-American professors um, teaching us about engineering. So those times that sometimes I did feel like giving up, but just by hearing their different stories and seeing them make it always uh, made me um, push through. Okay, cool. So I know you're very involved with the Nesby Junior Chapter in Memphis, Tennessee. Can you tell us more about that? Um, 
Yeah, so um, we have an outstanding um, Nisby Jr. Um, chapter here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. So Danielle Jones and Quincy B. have done an excellent job of running that chapter. Uh, by me being on this uh, professional um, executive board, I'm not as involved um, as I would like to, but they're doing a phenomenal job. Uh, they bring in a lot of different guest speakers. We have uh, they have different uh, NSB competition teams as well, so they've been doing a, a, a wonderful job with that. Okay, awesome. Now, I heard that you're very involved with an event called STEMology. So can you tell us more about that, like how the idea came to be and things of that nature? Sure. So, um, Demology came about last year uh, when I was on the Region 3 uh, Professional Executive Board. So it was kind of random. I kind of like woke up uh, one morning. It was probably around like 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the program was on. We had a, a group chat. And then, like, the name, like, the mosque just came to me one morning at, like, 3 o'clock. So then um, I wrote the program, and I was like, hey, we're going to film this event. The name's Demology. It's going to happen in January. And they were like, uh, okay. So um, we got on the first conference call, and then they kind of saw, like, how, I guess, in-depth I was already, uh, I had already done, like, a lot of the planning prior to, like, even telling anybody about it. I was like, oh, yeah, we were on board. So last year, um, it was in Atlanta. Um, and then this year, uh, we're bringing it to Memphis. And then it's just a, um, tomorrow is just a big uh, gender empowerment um, event for students, um, grade 3 through 12. And it uses uh, STEM concepts and activities to motivate and inspire culturally responsible young minds of the next generation of leaders. So um, it's a lot of different hands-on workshops. Um one thing that we were very intentional on, making the gender-based that way um, both um, sexes could have, like, their um, safe space to get that um, mentorship and also get a chance to ask those um, questions about, like, you know, what is it really like being a minority in the um, STEM field? And then one of the signature things is that we always partner with um, the mayor's office so the students get a chance to um, learn a little bit about... Um, what the mayor does, and then the mayor's office gives us the top five problems um, that the mayor is facing currently in the city, and then the kids go off in a group and kind of come up with their um, own solutions to those problems. It's kind of like, um, kind of puts you in the mind like a shark tank type of thing, but just with like a, a stem tip to it. So that event is actually um, coming up here in uh, Memphis in February. Actually, um, February the 16th, so um, I re I'm really excited um, about that. Uh, the Memphis Professional Chapters have been putting in a lot of work um, to make this event be uh, wonderful and uh, one that the city of Memphis uh, will never forget. So I'm excited about that. Wow, that's really great and awesome. So do you have any advice for our audience members who are in college? Um, I think the only, I guess, just, um, I guess the first thing you always need to do is make sure that you're, um, believing in yourself, um, it's, uh, get in that mindset that, um, can be, you know, whatever that you want to be and, um, surround yourself with, um, positive people 
um, reach out and find some mentors. Mentors is um, essential. And then just um, always um, try your best. Like I said, the mentors and um, surround yourself with positive people that um, goes a long way. Because I know when I was in um, in my um, at Jackson State, some of the individuals that I was in the Ned Virginia chapter with, now we all went to different uh, schools across the country, but we stayed in contact um, during our time in college. Um, all of us were pursuing um, different engineering degrees, but we also stayed in contact, um, held each other accountable, and all of us actually did um, graduate with an engineering degree. So just um, stay on course. Um, you can do it and just remain positive. Okay. Do you have any advice for Nesby chapters in starting their own Nesby Junior chapters? A good question. So we're actually coming out with this um, PCI book bag that will kind of give everybody pretty much the 411 on NSBE, um, how to get a chapter started, um, some of the best practices, um, what your first year should actually look like. So that should be coming out um, very soon. And then also um, reach out to um, – so you can reach out to the World Headquarters team, it's, uh, PCI at NSBE.org. Um, you can reach out to myself. Um, my email address is pbpci at nsb.org. You can reach out to uh, my counterpart, his name is uh, Emmanuel. His email address is pbpci at nsb.org. And I'm sure that um, between three of those emails and help um, steer you in the right direction. Thank you for sharing that. Now, do you know of any available resources or materials that people can use in order to get children and teenagers more involved in STEM? Um, one of the websites in Jackson State actually started um, a Nesby Junior chapter down there. So we used to have about 140 kids come out um, one Saturday out of a month, and then it was all like collegiate ran. So we had a good time. But one of the um, websites that we utilized a lot was um, TryEngineering.org. TryEngineering.org has a lot of different um, activities, um, engineering specific, and then it's also tailored to um, has a lot of engineering disciplines on there too. So if you're looking for something that dealt with computer science, they have those type of activities on there. If you're looking for something with mechanical engineering, they have those. Uh, biomedical, uh, mechanical, they have a lot of different just, um, activities on there. So that is always a good place um, to start. Okay. Now, as a professional, if you had the ability to travel back in time, is there anything that you would do differently? To be honest, um, no. Um, the reason why I say that because um, I'm always thinking of ways that I can um, perfect my craft um, and impact um, the students and give them uh, more exposure to engineering and, like, better opportunities. So right now I feel like um, I'm in a, a good spot, like I've done um, very well um, with that. Like I took the kids to the um, regional conference this year um, as a school, as a whole. Um, we are one of the uh, recipients of the um, – Amazon grant, so uh, we were one of the first schools to get it when it came out um, last year. 
So it was started being implemented this year, but um, when Amazon announced that they were coming out with the 50 million um, diversity uh, grant, uh, we were one of the first recipients of that. Um, so I don't really think I would um, change anything. I feel like it's a, I've done a lot. Uh, like I said, I'm always looking for ways to um, perfect my craft. I kind of think of it like the um, engineering um, design cycle. So I'm always like trying things, and if it doesn't work, trying to figure out another way to make it more efficient. If it does work, I'm always looking for another way to still make it efficient. So it's always looking for ways to get better. Oh, wow. You mentioned that you have a grant from Amazon. Can you tell us more about that? So it was, um, so Amazon has this big, um, Amazon has um, came out with this $50 million, um grant for pretty much to get more minorities into um, the STEM field. So how the, so how it works is um, school applies to the whole application, and if your school selects Amazon, helps pay for design uh, curriculum at your school, then if you have um, individual If you have uh, those same students, when they do decide to pursue engineering in college, they then are eligible for another scholarship and an internship. Man, that's really innovative. Yeah. Congratulations to getting that grant. Now, as a teacher, do you have any challenges in engaging the students or getting them interested in STEM? Um, do I have any challenges? Um, to be honest, um, not really. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm pretty young. Um, I really don't have a lot of challenges. It's just, um, I think the kids really, um, enjoy being around me because like I, I guess I'm very personal. And then I guess I'm a passionate person, so I do everything um, passionately. And I'm just there trying to uh, expose the kids and then give them um, better resources and better, I guess for some of them, a better way out. And then I would always, I always think about like um, a, Frederick, a Frederick Douglass quote that says like it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken. And so for me, it's just like my mind. Um, it's just me doing my part. Um, we are increasing this number, making sure that we are getting more of minorities into um, the STEM space, and making sure we're exposing them as um, early as possible. So, okay, cool. Do you have any more advice or words of wisdom to tell our audience members? who are interested in pursuing engineering as a career field or as a major in college? Not off the top of my head. Just like if you are in an um, engineering field, um, pretty much you can do it. Uh, it is it is difficult, but um, it's very rewarding um, on the other side of things. And if you are uh, in like high school or middle school, just um, do your best in school first, and then making sure you surround yourself with positive people, um, find um, and um, 
If you're not a part of this, make sure you do become a part of this because it's a wonderful organization and NSB is always here to help. Awesome. Well, this is the end of our podcast. Dominic, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to interview with me uh, for this podcast. I hope that everybody has learned a lot from Dominic's answers. Yeah. So, and, you know, if in case you want to reach out to Dominic for any questions or you just want advice from him in terms of teaching STEM to children, email him at P-E-B-P-C-I at NSB.org. That is P-E-B-P-C-I at N-S-B-E dot org. Yeah. So again, Dominic, thank you so much. And we really enjoyed your words of wisdom. Okay, y'all. See you guys next time for the next episode of the Nesby Region 3 Powerhouse Podcast.